0: Upon you. On April 24th, 1980, more than 6 million people tuned in to the Pennsylvania lottery to see which three numbers were going to determine the winning numbers for the lottery. And it just happened that the numbers were selected, and the numbers were 6, 6, 6. Now, you might ask, you know, it's kind of a coincidence that these numbers were selected uh, being such a cultural significance of the mark of the beast in 666, but it's not reason enough to suspect foul play. Well, there ended up being a larger than normal number of winners for this particular lottery compared to other days. So you say, OK, well, look, some lotteries are going to have more winners than others. It's nothing significant. This is a popular combination of digits. So, you know, what's the big deal? Well, it just happened that um, the authorities got a tip that there was a large number of tickets bought with the combinations of four and six uh, during this specific lottery. And again, you can say, "Well, big deal. You know, maybe people just had an affinity towards numbers uh, that had four and six in them, and uh, this isn't reason to think that something malicious was going on. You know, what's the big deal? It's just a coincidence." Well, when they weighed the numbers on that particular drawing what they saw was that the numbers four and six in the uh, machine were weighted lighter making the probability of those numbers being selected higher that the other numbers were coated with this thick latex paint that made them weigh more and you say okay well maybe it's just a coincidence maybe you know these numbers uh, for one reason or another just happen to be weighed differently and Um, That, you know, it's not foul play. It's just a coincidence. Maybe it's the manufacturers or something of that nature. Well, the authorities also got another tip that one of the people who was buying these numbers were two brothers, and they were going from store to store purchasing large combinations of uh, lottery tickets with the numbers four and six. Well, okay, big deal. You know, they didn't commit a crime. They were just purchasing lottery tickets. Maybe they just felt very passionately about the numbers four and six. You know, maybe it corresponds with a, a birthday or a lucky number. Uh, who knows? Um, you know, why get suspicious? Well, one of the bartenders who was selling these lottery tickets saw that the, uh, one of the brothers was making a phone call, and they went and they traced the phone call to see who he called, and they saw that he called someone in the studio uh, where they're recording the lottery numbers. Well, big deal. You know, maybe he uh, uh, just had a friend or a family in that uh, studio and uh, he's very passionate about the lottery. So, you know, why Why should we suspect that there's foul play or a conspiracy? You know, this is clearly all just, just a coincidence. Well, he also recalled that the, the person was speaking what sounded like Greek, and it just happened that the host of the lottery was also Greek. And again, well, there's, you know, many people who speak Greek. What's to say that just because these brothers who purchase high quantities of tickets in the combinations of four and six uh, that happen to be the two digits within the lottery uh, that were the most likely to be selected on that particular drawing, um, that there was any conspiracy going on. Clearly, it's just, it's just a coincidence. People are reading too heavily into this. Well, then they found out that um, the uh, brothers and the game show host, uh, Nick Perry, for the lottery drawing um, happened to be in business together and uh they weren't a side business on the side um uh, before getting into the uh, showbiz business so again you say okay well they know each other they're both greek you know big deal uh they probably called to just say hi and see how things were going um you know there's nothing to look at we could uh, move on this is just all a big coincidence well then they questioned the brothers and the uh, the brothers said that uh, nick perry um Actually, it was his idea and told them to, uh, you know, do the go buy the tickets and that they were going to make a big winning when uh, the the numbers were selected. And, you know, well, there's a lot of people that make false confessions and under duress. uh, They'll tell the police whatever it is that they want. Who's to say that their testimony is truthful? You know, again, this is all just a a big coincidence. Well, then they investigated Nick Perry and in his um, uh, studio, they found uh, the latex paint that was used. To make the balls uh, more heavy and you know maybe he just had this paint for other reasons Uh, there's nothing to suspect that he was the one who's behind this conspiracy that he had anything to do with it clearly it's all just a big coincidence (laughs) and uh, you know eventually uh, Nick Perry he he confesses as well and says uh, you know what he did and um, he's in jail uh, after the fact so why do I bring up this example the reason is because if we write everything off as just merely a coincidence, obvious incidents where there is a conspiracy, there's things that happen by design, we're gonna look completely ignorant to. And there's a term in science known as specified complexity. It's to determine when is an outcome most likely done by just random chance, and when is it done by design. And you can think about in the sense like when, you know, there's a, someone dies, the authorities go to investigate. One of the things they want to investigate is: was this a natural death, or was there foul play? You know, and they're going to look at the evidence, they're going to look at this, uh, the motives of individuals, the circumstances, and try to make a determination: um, was the death uh, intentional, or was it just natural causes? And it's the same thing in life. You know, when we are presented with something, we have to determine: was this just a random event, or was it done by design? And specified complexity helps us understand that. And I'll give an example. If I have a, a, a quarter and I flip this quarter 50 times and I record the outcome of each flip. So for instance, it's heads, 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 tails, tails, heads, tails, heads, 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 heads blah, 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 blah. That outcome of heads and tails, that sequence that I flipped is incredibly rare. The likeliness of that outcome ever uh, taking place in the history of the universe is astronomically small. But is there any significance to that outcome? And the answer is no, because if I got that outcome or any other outcome, it would held zero significance. I was bound to get one outcome. I just happened to get that series of heads and tails. Now what if I was told I had to get a very specific outcome of heads and tails. In a uh, fifty coin toss flip, and if I was to deviate by just one flip, in the sense that one of the sequence was out of order, uh, that I get a tails instead of a head, that I could lose my life. So I'm freaking out. I flip the uh, the coin fifty times in a, uh, in a, in order. I record the uh, the rec- uh, the flips, and I go and I compare it against what I was supposed to get, and I see that it matches perfectly. Every single flip was. Absolutely matched what was uh, pre assigned to me. So, therefore, I'm, I get to keep my life. Now, no sensible person would walk away from this event and just say, Yeah, it was just a mere coincidence. I just happened to be, you know, get really lucky and flip the coin, the exact number of heads and tails in the exact sequence, um, and just uh, walk away. I would clearly think that there must have been some deliberate manipulation, something by design that allowed me to uh, get that exact sequence. Maybe the uh, coin was weighted. Maybe there was magnets under the table. God knows there was something that was a more likely candidate to that outcome than sheer chance because randomness alone, the the probability of that happening is so astronomically small that it's a lot more likely of a uh, possibility that there was some manipulation. Maybe I didn't even flip the coins in those orders. Um, maybe what happened instead is uh, uh, I just said that that's the outcome I c- came to, that I was being untruthful just to be able to spare my life. These are more likely candidates than to think that I genuinely flipped a coin on a fair coin and just happened to get that you know outcome, which the probability is two to the 50th, which is astronomically small. So again, we see this is how we use specified complexity. And I'll give you another real life example. When I was in college, I was in a parking lot and uh, I see this car swerving around the corner, driving kind of recklessly. And I'm thinking, you know, who is this person? <laughs> Why are they driving so recklessly? And I look at their license plate and I see that it's spells C-A-T-H-U-G-S. And I see that as California thugs. And I think to myself momentarily, I say, okay, well, I'm in California. Um, so it's natural that, you know, this person would have uh, such a license plate. Uh, the, the car looked a little dingy, a little beat up. Uh, So maybe this person thought they were a thug. And um, I know people that they would call themselves thugs. So, okay, you know, everything kind of checks out. And sure enough, the car goes to drive past me. And it's not what I expected. It was a slightly overweight white woman with uh, pigtails wearing some sort of uh, animal print shirt. And as she drives past me, I noticed that in her back seat is full of stuffed cat animals. And I came to realize that it didn't say, CA thugs, California thugs. It actually said cat hugs. So this person, you know, I I wouldn't have thought seeing her license plate that this was just a random series of letters and numbers uh, given by the DMV. I would see her plate and I would see that there was significance to those letters, that they signified something, that there was meaning behind them. And when I saw her and I saw her car and I saw the stuffed animals and I made the connection, that, okay, the DMV did not just randomly assign this license plate to her. That she has a passion for cats and probably enjoys cat hugs. So, <laughs> again, you see that it's not, uh, it's not random. It's uh, by design. And this is what it means by specified complexity. So now that we set the uh, groundwork, let's look at the uh, mathematical structure of the Quran and determine is it done by coincidence or by design. So, the Qur'an is claimed to be authored by the Lord of the universe. In chapter 10, verse 37, it reads, This Qur'an could not possibly be authored by other than God. It confirms all previous messages and provides a fully detailed scripture. It is infallible, for it comes from the Lord of the universe. So, this is a book that is claimed to be written by the Lord of the universe, by God. So, the claims have to be tested. We didn't pick this book in the sense that we said, hey, you know, we're going to arbitrarily select a book. We selected a book that the author is claiming to be God. Then we look at, okay, the Quran contains 114 chapters. 29 of these uh, surahs contain Quranic initials. Uh, For instance, in uh, chapter 2, it's uh, ALM. It says, this scripture is infallible, a beacon for the righteous. In chapter 26, the letters are Ta-Sin-Mim, TSM in English, and says these letters constitute proofs of this clarifying scripture. In uh, Surah 38, the letter is S or Sa'd in Arabic, and it says the Quran that contains the proof. And if you look, there's about 14 different sets of Quranic initials in 29 different chapters. And these vary between Al-Aflam-Mim, Al-Aflam-Mim Sa'd, ra Tawseeen, Tawseeen mean, and um, you know it's a full set of uh, Quranic initials. So again, we didn't pick the book, we didn't pick these initials. They were there for fourteen hundred years, and for fourteen hundred years, people didn't know what the significance of these Quranic initials were. And what about the number nineteen? Because this is the common denominator for the mathematical structure of the Quran. Did we select the number nineteen? And we see that we didn't. The number 19 is in Surah 74, entitled Al-Mudathir, or The Hidden Secret. And as we saw in a previous podcast, the word hidden secret literally means cryptography, when you hide a secret inside a message. And in chapter 74, starting from verse 1, it says, Oh, you hidden secret, come out and warn, extol your Lord, purify your garment, meaning purify this book. And it continues in 23 about the disbeliever, who looked at the Quran, and it says he then turned away arrogantly. He said, this is but clever magic. This is human made. That It's talking about a disbeliever who's going to read the Quran and claim that this book is human made. And then in the following verse, it says, over it is 19. So this is where we get the number 19 from. And there's significance to this number, and it continues in verse 31. It says, we appointed angels to be guardians of hell, and we assigned their number 19. And it gives five reasons. One, to disturb the disbelievers. Two, to convince the Christians and Jews that this is a divine scripture. Three, to strengthen the faith of the faithful. Four, to remove all traces of doubt from the hearts of Christians, Jews, as well as the believers. And five, to expose those who harbor doubt in their hearts. And the disbelievers, they will say, what did God mean by this allegory? God thus sends astray whomever he wills and guides whomever he wills. None knows the soldiers of your Lord except he... This is a reminder for the people. Absolutely, I swear by the moon and the night as it passes and the morning as it shines. This is one of the great miracles, a warning to the human race. So in this chapter that was given to Prophet Muhammad 1400 years ago, it discusses this number 19, that this is going to be the proof to show the disbeliever that this book is not human made. And God is telling us five reasons uh, for this uh, proof. And then also that it's swearing that this is one of the great miracles, a warning to the human race. So we didn't pick the book, we didn't pick the letters, we didn't pick the number. But what's the significance of all this? If you look across these 29 chapters with these Quranic initials, what you'll see is that these letters occur in these given chapters consistently in multiples of 19. And I'll give you some examples. Chapter 42 and chapter 50 contain the initial gulf, or Q in English, and we're only talking about the Arabic, the the mathematical miracles in the Arabic, not the translation. So the letter gulf occurs in both chapter 42 and 50 as the Quranic initial for those chapters. If you add the frequency of occurrence of this letter in these two chapters, both chapters it occurs 57 times, which is 19 times 3, and this is despite the fact that chapter 42 is Almost twice as long as chapter fifty. Uh, chapter sixty-eight is entitled the pen, and the uh, the Quranic initial for chapter sixty-eight is noon. And if you count all the noons in this chapter, the sum is one hundred and thirty-three, which is nineteen times seven. Go to another chapter, chapter thirty-six. The initial is yasin. If you count all the yaws and all the scenes in chapter thirty-six. That number is two hundred eighty-five, which is nineteen times fifteen. Uh, chapter forty-two actually contains more initials, so it's a ha-min sin If you take ein sin uh, from chapter forty-two and you add all the eins, all the scenes, and all the golfs, that total you get is two hundred and nine, which is nineteen times eleven. And keep in mind q occurs in this chapter as well and the occurrence of q in this chapter was 57 which is 19 times 3 and this pattern continues on and on in all 29 chapters with this interlocking mechanism as well so for instance uh, aleph lom meme occurs in chapters 2 3 29 30 31 and 32 if you add all the alephs all the loms and all the memes in these given chapters you consistently get multiples of 19 uh, for instance, chapter 2 is the longest chapter in the entire Quran. It contains 286 verses. If you add all the alifs, all the lams, and all the memes, you get 9,899, which is 19 times 521. And this, again, occurs in every single surah that contains these initials. Same thing with alif lam, ra. Uh, if you add all the alifs, all the lams, and all the ras in their respective chapters where these initials occur, you will also get multiples of 19. And this pattern just continues on and on. And again, because there's this interlocking mechanism, uh, some of the, the verses, sorry, some of the chapters that contain uh, initials, multiple sets of initials, they will interlock with other uh, chapters. Now, you can say, okay, well, look, we didn't pick the, the book, we didn't pick the number, we didn't pick the, uh, the letters, and all this just happened by sheer coincidence. Now, that's a very, very unlikely scenario. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. The mathematical miracle of the Quran goes so deep. And again, one out of every 19 numbers is a multiple of 19. That in itself is not a miracle. Uh, That's just a statistical property. But when you see something consistently hit the bullseye time and time again in such clear-cut fashion, you have to ask yourself, did this happen sheerly by coincidence? Or is it more likely of an outcome that it was done by design? Um, and this pattern just continues on and on. For instance, the opening statement of the Quran, Bismillah Rahman Rahim, consists of four words: Bism Allah Al Rahman Al Rahim. And in English, it's name uh, God Allah, Most Gracious Al Rahman, uh, Most Merciful Al Rahim. And these words occur in the Quran in frequencies of multiples of nineteen. Uh, the word Allah occurs two thousand six hundred ninety-eight. The word Al Rahman occurs which is most gracious, occurs 57 times, which is 19 times 3. Uh, The word uh, ism, name, occurs 19 times in the Quran. The word al-Rahim, most merciful, occurs 114 times in the Quran. Uh, And these are in the uh, the numbered verses of the Quran. And, you know, it goes on and on. The number of verses in the Quran is 6,346, which is 19 times 334. The number of chapters in the Quran, surahs in the Quran, is 114, which is 19 times 6. You know, at what point would someone go and look at all these? And these aren't ways of manipulating the text. These are simple. Just count the letters, count the verses, count the the occurrences of words within the Quran. And you'll see consistently they end up becoming multiples of 19. So what's a more likely scenario? That this is all just sheer coincidence that the number 19 that God calls one of the great miracles that says it's going to increase the faith of the faithful, um, that this is just, it has nothing to do with the structure, that these initials occur in these chapters and multiples of 19, that's just a sheer coincidence. Um, You realize that these things all happen by design. So the question is, did this happen because uh, of sheer coincidence, or was it because the person who created this was truly the Lord of the universe? So I'll just leave you with this. Imagine me and you were hiking. And we go and we stare up at the uh, the mountainside. And um, we see the faces of four of the founding fathers of the United States. We see the faces of Washington, Jefferson, Roosevelt, and Lincoln. And I look at you and I say, oh my God, look, you know, what a coincidence. Uh, the wind and erosion has caused the Founding Fathers' faces to be uh, chiseled into the uh, side of this mountain. You would look at me and say, you're crazy. Uh, It's absurd. Clearly, these faces hold significance. The fact that it's in the United States that we see these faces, the fact that they have significance to the, uh, the Founding Fathers. A more likely scenario is that someone by design carved these faces into the side of the mountain. It doesn't matter how many mountaintops you look at, how many planets you travel to. You are never going to see the face of these four people so perfectly uh, uh, attributed side by side in the side of a mountain unless it was done by design. And it's the same thing with the Quran. The likeliness that these coincidences all occurred uh, on their own, uh, that there was no design incorporated, is such a far stretch. Now you have to ask yourself, was Muhammad capable of of being able to do such deliberation within the Qur'an, that he was able to uh, keep track of every single letter, every single word, the placement of every verse and surah, uh, all this uh, at the time. Keep in mind, this is 1,400 years ago. They didn't even have the Arabic numerals like we had today. The letters constituted the numbers similar to what you see in the Roman uh, uh, Roman numbers. So was it Muhammad who was just so clever? And if he under, if he was the one who did this by design... He didn't tell a soul he never mentioned it to anyone uh it says in the quran that he was not even aware of this in uh, chapter 10 verse 20 it says how come no miracles come down to him say uh, the future belongs to god so wait and i'm waiting along with you meaning that prophet muhammad did not have a physical miracle um like the other uh the the prophets and messengers he was completely oblivious to the mathematical structure of the quran and that's the reason that in the quran God gives this challenge. And uh, I'm going to repeat it again. This is from uh, 1037. It says, This Quran could not possibly be authored by other than God. It confirms all previous messages and provides a fully detailed scripture. It is infallible for it comes from the Lord of the universe. If they say he fabricated it, say, Then produce one surah like these and invite whomever you wish other than God if you are truthful. Indeed, they have rejected this without studying and examining it and before understanding it. Thus did those before them disbelieve. Therefore, note the consequences for the transgressors. So here, God is giving a, uh, a challenge to anyone who's claiming that this Quran is man-made to produce one surah like these. And it just happens that chapter 10 is in an ALR chapter. And in chapter 10, verse 1, it reads, Alif Lam Ra, or ALR, These letters are proofs of this book of wisdom. And God has 11 chapters in the Quran with these mathematical uh, properties of Aleph, Lam, Ra, Aleph, Ram, Mim. Because if you add all the Aleph, all the Lam, and all the Ra in chapter 10, you get 2,489, which is 19 times 131. And again, to say that this happened by sheer coincidence is quite an outlandish uh, statement. So God willing, we're going to end there. If you guys got comments or questions, uh, please hit us up at QuranTalk at gmail.com or on Twitter at TalkQuran. And until next time, peace and God bless.